Amsterdam and I'm building up nice, that's Van der Sar and Ten Hag Aye, I might just shot this beef for 10 bags Real talk on my life, I couldn't give a fuck about them man And all my guys are ballers, coming like we're playing for Simrap Fake use, get rid of them, me and the gang was doing up plenty Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Ballers Corner We've got the final instalment of the traits per position I'm joined by Omar and Karel. How are you doing, lads? Doing good, man. Good, man. Season's over. I'm happy. Hey. Hmm. The season's man. over, but Chelsea are still stressing me. Imagine I've got an FM save with them, yeah? And it's my first season, so I haven't managed to bring in like any striker or anything. And it's, it's peak still. I've had them board me in so many times where they're like, You've got a few more games, you know, if you don't show us anything, you're gone. Then I'll like pattern it and then my form will drop again. Then I'll have that meeting. It's long. So I'm currently insecure in my job. Wait, what position are you in? Uh, I think I'm like sixth. Hey. hey. I'm losing 2-1 to Ajax in the Champions League as we speak. This is the first leg at home. Jeff out. Yeah. Jeff yeah. out. <laughs> Boo. Boo. Havertz, who was... Like amazingly, this is how you know it's not realistic. He scored like 28 goals for me this season. He's dropping a 6.3 right now. So yeah, that's that's Jeff just how it's getting. Six in the league. Boo. Yeah, man. What's the difference between you and Potter? Yeah, <laughs> oh, my club. Hey, I, I had a bit more time, man. I'm gonna cook something. Don't worry. But um, yeah, Tell we're here about to... some project, Jeff. Man, there's no project. Hey, project bro. Manager, oh man, you, you need Jeff, you know. <laughs> Literally, I'm a project manager. Sometimes you need time to, you know, bed in your philosophy. I couldn't get rid of Loftus Cheek, Obama Young. I couldn't get rid of Bearman, Pulisic. They just there like back? viruses in my club, fam. Did you bring my boy back? Who's your boy? Big Rum. Oh, uh, no, cause, um, I haven't been able to recall him from the loan, innit? I just have to let the first season play out, then, yeah, I'm planning to Don't bring worry. him back, though. Next season, you're winning the league, bro. Don't watch Bro, him, I'm telling you, if they give uh, he's they good. Let me stay, it... <laughs> if they in let a... me stay... In FM23, he's actually proper good, man. Yeah. I literally knocked Inter out of the Champions League um, just before as well, and he dropped a few good performances, but... Yeah, man, he'll he'll come back next season. Mm, mm, mm. Don't worry, man. Don't worry. If, if you're in the job, yeah, you're going to the moon. Hey, boy that's, there. That's, that's a big if right now, fam. Mm. Mm. Kadic and them are doing me. I've seen him going weddings with uh with with Megan Thee Stallion. I said, hey. ready for next season, man. This guy, hey. Hey, we're going straight back to the top. He better he better <laughs> introduce her to that London life. Yeah, don't worry, man. There ain't hey. no heartbreak this time, man. He's coming back <laughs> stronger. This guy's gonna be surrounded us, by man. he's gonna be surrounded by two asses, man. Megan and Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Fair play, man. Fair play. And he's got a type, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely mm-hmm. got a type. Nyash Elitis. Nyash Warrior. <laughs> um, yeah, but speaking on Lukaku, we're here to talk about the free traits that strikers and wingers, um, the yeah, the best free traits they should have. And we're going to start off with a question That was a good for segue, by the way, Jeff. I like how you did Lukaku into the traits yeah, of a man, strike. Just, I like that, know, man. 
I'm loosening up a little bit. I'm <laughs> finding, you know, ways to navigate into the convo and that. But um, yeah, I'm actually I'm going to start with you, Omar. Uh, do you have a blank check? Today's football goal sign one winger. Who would it be? Ooh, uh, oh, a player. Boy, you put me straight in, man. I thought you were going to is it? A player, blank check. Um, Any winger. Okay. If I'm also factoring in long term, I want to say... I think I know where you're going. Hmm, I like there's only two answers, though. I'm stuck between two people, but on the basis of what they've achieved, because I'm going to not just go off potential, but also what they've achieved, uh, Vinicius. Yeah. That's that's what I thought. Carell, who was the second one? Because you said there's two people. Um, Maps. Okay. Ooh, are we go- okay, fair. I was I thinking thought he was a striker. of Cavaradonna still. No, oh, I man. wasn't. I was thinking uh-huh. of someone else, but you guys are going to crucify me for Whoa, whoa. Who is it? If it- Saka. Saka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, bro, that guy, yeah, you signed him, you signed him for, for August, August to March. After March, the guy stopped playing football, bro. Don't, so don't, don't ask him about hey, that. Hey, listen, Saka, when there's nothing to play for, I'm telling you, man, that guy is a beast. Hey, <laughs> you saw him last game of the season. This guy was doing a, a chop I've never seen. Bro, he's, uh, bro the way he, I have, he downloaded a new package for sure. I Bro, have he, never he, seen him act like that. He's a preseason player, man. Don't watch that guy, man. Now that the season's done with, bro, we can cook the guy again. We was people were a bit scared, didn't it? They had to give him flowers just in case they won the league. But now, nah, now that it's happened, mm-hmm. yeah, preseason player right there, man. What's the difference in the show? Hmm? Oh man, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. We're, we're not we're not getting into the Saka show debates. But Saka, you have to remember, he's only twenty one, man. He's still, nah, he's still got true, a lot true. of potential. It's true. But I think um is okay, you watch them more, yeah. And we're going into a different kind of conversation quickly, but is he so I don't watch this guy week in, week out, but this season he's kinda of moved me a little bit. Is he wholeheartedly better than Rodrigo? Who Venetius? Saka. Oh Saka. Saka. Oh hmm, okay. My opinion on Rodrigo at the start of the season, I was not a fan of him, you know. I thought this guy like especially he was meant to be at the same level as Vinicius. They got bought for a roughly similar price at a roughly similar age. I thought, okay, they should kind of be on par. Obviously, stages of your development, you're not going to blossom at the same time as so each you're other. So you progression in football is not linear. That's exactly what yeah. I'm saying, man. Remember that tagline. So, at first I thought, hmm, he showed me shades of uh, Congo Brazzaville, not Brazil. I was thinking, I'm not sure that this guy is the right guy that they picked up. Like, But recently, and I would say within the last month or so, he has been going crazy, like performances-wise, not just output. But one thing I've noticed about Rodrigo is that he's much better down the middle, especially yeah. when, you know, with an injury-prone Benzema, and they've been playing Rodrigo because um, who gives a fuck about Mariano Diaz? They've been playing Rodrigo down the middle and he's been a lot better there because ideally you would want Benzema in the middle, Vinicius on the left, Rodrigo on the right. That naturally makes sense. But I feel like Rodrigo's better down the middle. Ah, I would have to say this season though, Saka's had a better season than Rodrigo. Yeah, I'll take Saka too. No, I, was just ask, I was just asking because I, I don't watch Rodrigo week in, week out like that. But, yeah, even so... 
if we're counting Mbappe as a winger, right? Because I think I think he actually doesn't even like playing up front. Um, but I, I I would go with them too, and that's me factoring age and stuff. If there's no age, then I, I'm still out, out of love. I'll still take Messi and Neymar in it. But <laughs> outside of that, but if we're factoring age, longevity and stuff, potentially, yeah, yeah definitely I those d- two for me. I didn't even think of Mbappe to be honest. That I, I don't know what I count. He's a striker. Oh, he to I, me he was a striker. That's why. Yeah. But in my head, why you Vinicius number one? Like that's that's but the only what? person in my mind. You know the so when the... you guys said like there's two, I was like, wait, who? Um, but... the, the f- yeah, because for me, the the only reason I say Mbappe is because when I watch him play on the left, he's like, especially for the younger lot, him and Vinny are like my. F- Perfect kind of wingers. Yeah. That direct, quick, you know, can can finish, can interplay, and everything's just sharp. Like I, I just really enjoy them. They're like a nice hybrid of like old school wingers and you know, new school because they can both do the touchline hugging and then once they step inside they're comfortable as well. So definitely them two shout out. Shout out Cover uh, Donner, but nah, man, there's yeah. levels to this game. I'm glad no one. I'm glad we're all sort of on the same page, and no one mentioned Salah because of his style of play. I would yeah. say he's yeah, a very man. much not. He's not output, for me, man. You know, well, output first, aesthetic second, kind well, of that, winger. That guy is the Alan Shearer of wingers, bro. Don't, don't watch him. Man. <laughs> there's goals, but the football, we don't know what they do in it. That's what it I'm looks saying. scary. But you know what? I have to. I have to rate him though. Like when it comes to bro, this guy here, people say he's having a stinker. He's, he's dead. He's having a good. And then you look at his season. numbers. Yeah. And you look at his numbers, and you go, bro, where did these twenty plus goals come from? Yeah. Bro, it's mad, in the so. league, nineteen and twelve in the league. He's mad. You can't like, argue it. Double digits goals in a what? Where's that, bro? I, okay, I know they beat United by a big score. I know they beat Bournemouth by a big score, but where's ever He didn't where's, even score in the Bournemouth game, fam. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, it's... No. I don't know. You know, like, He's one of them he's... interesting players, yeah, where he doesn't even have to be playing well. And yeah. he can still, like, turn up with I like that. Do you know what? Yeah, when, when, we, when we speak about characteristics, that's one thing I like about a winger or just an attacker in general. Even when you're having a shit game, if you can leave with something, you're automatically in a higher percentile of a striker because when you do have your good days then it'll be fantastic and that was sort of gripes that i had with other wingers as well is that when they do shit or when they do well and they don't leave with something at some point you're gonna have to sort of materialize that and if you're doing shit and leaving with something it can be better than being good and leaving with nothing Fair play to Salah as well in the last two seasons, right? Double-figure goals and assists. Considering the main criticism of him, even when he was scoring loads of goals, was he doesn't pass enough or Greedy. assist enough in certain situations. Yeah. So to see him actually, you know, even though I think assists can somewhat of a misleading stat, but if he if he's getting them on the board, uh, fair enough. Like uh, I would not have expected that three four years ago from him. So he's, he's definitely he's done, developed his game. He's done that four times though in the Premier League out of six. Hit double digit goals and double digit assists in the league. Four out of six? Yeah. Four out of six? Yeah, he's going crazy, man. In the league, yeah. Hey. Oh, yeah. 
His legacy is better than I thought, man. Damn. Crazy. And that's why, like, in terms of characteristics, just to sort of get back on topic, like, I don't know how to define that, but leaving with something, even being <laughs> shit, yeah, is something I value highly. I don't know how we want to classify that, but... No, I, I get what you mean. Is that part of your top three, yeah, for a winger? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it has to be. It has to be. Do you know why? Because... Those winger and striker yeah, are both numbers positions. Like mm. you, you have to put numbers on the board. Like there's no, there's no dispute about it. I don't think there's no one that's really in the top tier levels that's not putting numbers up. Whether that's assist numbers or goal numbers, and there's the very few that are putting up both. You can't. There's not gonna be a winger you're gonna see and say he's up there and he's got seven goals and three assists. Like it's, yeah, it's not going to happen. It's, it's, yeah, they they could be aesthetically pleasing, but they're not match winners. So definitely, that has to be on the list. It doesn't. It doesn't. There's no quant. Is there a quantification for it? It's just the numbers, like stats in it. But I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. But genuinely, mm, actually, you know what? Now that you said stats, because I'm thinking. Remember, this is supposed to be over any era. In previous eras, has there been attackers? who haven't necessarily got high numbers but or haven't necessarily left with something but are still classed as like good yeah that, that's that's the the previous era is the era of that and that's why like you see people talk about but oh, even Hazard but even was born like 15 years earlier and like people like that gigs didn't necessarily put up like crazy numbers figo uh yeah it and gigs only like top three assists or four assists. Yeah, but that's over a mad amount of I years, think the top assist. I think he's got the most Yeah, he's assists. got the top assist, but obviously he's done it over a very extended period of time. If you were to go like per season or per night or something, yeah, he's yeah, but it drops down dramatically. Also though, the the argument with that if we're talking about wingers of this era and the era before, it's a completely different tactical setup. Mm. Like wingers back then were, especially if we're talking like the gigs era and stuff, they're more like wide midfielders. Exactly. Like, especially yeah. in that era, you'd find a lot of central midfielders that would play in the left or the right of a four-four-two, just because it was a different role completely. It was it was definitely width, service, but it wasn't like everything goes through you sort of thing. Like, or you are the the guy that's gonna. Um, put numbers up or be like getting the assist. I don't yeah. know. They weren't reliant on like yeah, wingers yeah. And, and attacking mids. Even none of them were like seen as positions where you're relied on numbers. And it's only it's only recently, yeah. It's especially well, it was, like the move to four three three and stuff. That's it was it was. I would even go as far as saying Messi and Ronaldo were catalysts in that. Yeah, because of where they they're both wingers. The managers obviously needed to push them up, but you can't really replace a striker because of how mm. they played. And then that, I think, led to 4-3. Obviously, like, Mourinho, I think, was the first in the Premier League anyway that I remember playing 4-3-3. My thing um, was more Ronaldinho, you know. But even Ronaldinho was used, like, centrally and wide as well. Like, at different, at different times yeah. in his career. But I think we, even when you look at, like, another good... Example of it would be like 
the Arsenal teams with like uh, Perez, Lumberg, Wiltord, yeah, yeah, where they seem more like involved in like the attacking phases, like especially someone like Perez who could step inside and you know link up with a Burkamp or uh, an Henri and and be part of that. But then again. It, Maybe the numbers don't reflect that, but I'd say the the shift started happening gradually. And then, like Omar said, I think with Mourinho, Mourinho went like all out and said like wingers are wingers. But even then, a lot all the Chelsea production came from down the middle. Yeah. When it came from like Lampard and and Drogba, or whoever was playing up front. So yeah, if any era, I don't know if winger would be the best. No, it's definitely it's, not, it's probably the only position we can think of where it's like it wouldn't. Harry, like, would a lot of these players even play the same position them years, yeah, all bare, those years ago? Bare of the old ones will turn into like midfielders, central midfielders for sure, yeah. and vice versa. Like, some of them would be sh- like strikers or second, yeah, like going back then. Like, Salah, I could easily see him playing like in a front two with a big 100%. or like even like a son in a front two with a big, like, with a big man, yeah, of, the, of that the era. KC, yeah, yeah. So they, yeah, mm, I think that's with a, Winger, that's a tr- tricky one. Yeah, with Winger, it's gonna be a bit more tough to be like, how, how could you drop them in any era? Because the thing is, like, my it doesn't have to be stats because stats is something like I said has been overemphasized, especially since sort of Ronaldo Messi era, and that's why, like, my thought process anyway, what makes a good winger is leaving with something even when playing shit. So it doesn't mean you need to have twenty goals. 10 assists in the league every season but I don't know can we say that performance oh, I don't know how to actually describe it like even performance wise can you leave a sign without getting a goal or a stat I don't think you can I don't know you can't I think you can like sometimes because I think we had this discussion early in Boilers Corners like episodes where I think we spoke about like the best uh, best performances we've seen without a goal or assist and I think, like, I guess the old version of that would be like someone taking over the game. They might not necessarily put that start on the board. They might be cr- just creating chances or, you know, maybe they put a cross in, it's been knocked back and then someone else finished it. And But they ran past three players first or they, you know, were just uh, just terrorised the opposition. Now, that's harder to quantify, but we, I think as football fans, we can watch a game and be like, that guy played exceptionally there's just no number that came with it and I guess that would be the idea of leaving with something where you've actually been man of the match like you ran the game or you've done a madness whether you leave with that stat or not it's not a problem but it I guess reminds me of that Hazard team performance wins. against Brazil yeah yeah and that was one of the like some people said that was one of the best performances of that World Cup on its own and he didn't necessarily get a goal or an assist but, but no, you guys not feel like that's not like these are sort of games in isolation. So if these were done over a period of time, let's say a season, and the output numbers are down, but you feel like yeah they're doing a lot, would they read like in for example we take this year, would they be considered as a great player if they're not getting output but they're performing well as a, as a winger, for example, or even as an attacker in general? I don't think you can because without the numbers, and that and remember it has to be any era, so that includes this era. And I don't think you can be good about numbers in this era. No. Oh, let me not say. 
let me not say you can't be good, but you, I don't think you'd be in and amongst like the top. Elite. Yeah. 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 I think, but then, yeah, it comes back to pre and post Messi and Ronaldo. Like, mm. it's, it's the idea that someone like, like, say, you always get picked on for this, but, okay, I use two examples, like a Cannavaro or a Nedved winning the Ballon d'Or, right? You can't necessarily, or for whatever they were giving it for, you can't necessarily quantify by numbers. If you look at the numbers, those people were better numbers. But I guess the impact that they had was mad. But I guess, let me use Nedved more, because he's more of like a wide player, attacking player. But they'll say, well, his impact over the season, some of the performances he put in was enough to do that. Whereas like post-Messi and Ronaldo, like someone like Modric won the, the Ballon d'Or, rightly or wrongly, but it caused so much outrage because the first thing people looked at, and even uh, Jorginho finishing in the top three, people go, but this guy scored 35 goals. Like, how can my man who scored three goals, he's a, well, one is he's, he's a deep line midfielder, so he's not going to score 30 yeah. goals, but it, you know, there, there's that outrage because the numbers don't match yeah. with other people. And I think that's where, yeah, post-Messi Ronaldo, can you be considered off? just objectively seen as one of the best players without the numbers. I doubt it. But it's very difficult. Again, we go back he's not wingers, but then if you look at like Iniesta versus Xavi, right? And we've had this discussion on while before in the previous episode. Like if you ask people that off off the bat, everyone will say Iniesta. Right? I think objectively Xavi's a better midfielder, but he also had better numbers. Yeah, he did, yeah. So it's like I I don't know anymore. <laughs> When it comes to these sort of like discussions of who is what, like, and who is seen as the the cream of the crop, like, does Vin- Vinny have mad numbers? Only this season and last season, which yeah, the last two seasons he's been serious. Before that, it was that's Terrible. when he was getting called Somali. Yeah, so I mean, something just clicked. I would like to say Ancelotti. I feel like he's someone that always gets the best out of attackers in general. Because this but... season, I'm just looking at him off the bat. He got ten goals, nine assists, right? But a lot of people say that he's the like one of the top wingers in the world. Yeah, he's been. Uh, to be fair, he has been a bit underwhelming this season. Um, but I'll be honest, though, a lot of it, especially when watching Real Madrid week in week out. He gets provoked, and I'm not trying to give excuses, but he generally gets provoked a lot by the fans and the players of other teams where it's so clearly um, a targeting thing where they're going for Vinny. And we've seen it with like racism as well and whatnot. And we really will go off on a tangent like this, but um, I'm happy to say like this is even like an off-season for him and he's still doing well. Like He's still having a decent yeah. season despite you know what's happening to him and what he's been sort of the victim of so yeah um, he def- definitely well, gets attacked week in week out like there's always a clip every week of someone doing something heinous to him and he gets told just to suck yeah, it up all the so time I, man and, and that's why this season he's got I think double digits of cards it's like he's never had like yellow and red cards all because he's you know retaliating for how he's been provoked and, and whatnot. But even still, I mean, he still puts up numbers, which goes back to the numbers thing. And yeah. I think that's why he's considered where he's at at the moment. It's true. It's true. Um, but 
he's definitely one that that there's been games that you watch, especially over like the Champions League, where he's not necessarily scored or assisted, but the performances has been has been high in terms of what he's done in the game, and that's why I say there is an instance of not necessarily leaving with something, but I think you can you could branch it off into two ways: or leaving something, you can leave with a goal and assist, but you can always but you can stamp your authority in the game because what you're doing is affecting your position so much that you're even allowing your other teammates to eat. Yeah, that that's a sense. good description. Because you've got to yeah. remember, if you're playing that well, the game plan's changed. And we saw it against City, I want to say, like, they actually, to a degree, focused way more on him than they did Benzema, who's the one that's more likely to score a goal in the game. Because they knew that he's the supply line. Whether that's for the interplay... And the little one-twos that they're going to do before something happens. But they said, right, if we stop him here, nothing else is happening today. But, mm. Yeah. 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 I think, I think that's a good first one. So Leave just having fact. an impact on it, is that, is that how we're going to phrase it? I mean, it? be more specific than that. Uh, no, I want to keep it as leaving with something. Yeah, because I think that's more important than what I said. But I would like—I always want to add it as a caveat of like, there's another way of looking at it. But definitely leaving with something is, is one is one thing because look at um, if Tony was here, bring up like Leal for example, and that's your boy Jeff. That when My they went guy. won the title and he turned up towards the back end of the season and his numbers yeah. were mad, but he turned up at the back end, bro, because he was leaving with something week in week out. It elevated his name to. You know, the, probably if he carried it on this season as well, like maybe they put him in this, we'd be talking about him now. But yeah, hundreds, hundreds. It, that season, though, at the back end of the season, where everyone's, he was on everyone's lips because of he was leaving with something every week, regardless if he played well or not. Because one thing fans will do is not watch games and check scores. And if they see you with goal or assist next to your name, they go, yeah, my man's cooking, you know, week in, week out, he's doing this, he's doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's our player. Yeah, no, I hear it, man. He's, yeah, he he's not up to that level. Yeah, he's very inconsistent, and even with all the fancy dribbles and stuff like that, that's sometimes it just doesn't have an effect on the game. And he also has some sort of Somali tendencies too. It's kind of crazy. Like if you watched him on an off day, it looks so bad, so so bad. But I digress. What are we going with? For the second trait, then leaving with something is number one for a winger. Is there anything sort of physical that you lot would would put up there? Mm. As a physical attribute, I'm even thinking pretty much all wingers. Like, I mean, we discussed this before, but like football in general. You, you don't really need to have any sort of physical appearance to be successful. Maybe, I don't know, being dynamic. I don't know, I was going to say dynamic. So we've, well, I mean, that it links to dribbling. I don't know if you want to add dribbling in there, but I don't know, like, you can't have like a one, can you have a one-dimensional winger? Oh, man. 
because I look at someone as much as I dislike him, someone like Ziyech, who, as much as he frustrates me, he has been successful to some extent. So I think to myself, but I would, yeah, I would say he's one-dimensional because if it's not the sort of cutting and cross, or maybe a diag here and there, you're not really seeing too much from him. But it it has got to be dribbling has to be in there. Yeah, 100%. Because I'm thinking about it, I'm just going like, what winger do I, like, especially high level, do I know that can't dribble? No, I don't think it's like, in any if, era. I, think I don't if, think there's none. I even think someone if, like, oh, go ahead. it has to. You have to have elite movement then, and even then, that's yeah, uh, just different from movement. Even, though. even someone that like who gets a lot of stick, yeah, and in Salah, like he can dribble. Yeah, like it's not. A, it's not pretty, a, but he can. Yeah. Hmm. Dribbling, no, dribbling's a a good one, I think. I mean, you, you want your winger to beat his his man, don't you? I think that's the that's the main thing, like win your duel. And yeah, it's just And that also that also applies to any era as well. You look at previous eras, all wingers, even though back then, you know, wingers were playing a bit more deeper, like helping out the defence more, but they were still taking on players, you know. Going down the line, trying to cross it in, but you're still trying to beat your man, even if it's only like one step over or whatever it is like you'll do. I think dribbling definitely is in your top three. Any era, definitely. You can't. I mean, David Beckham, was he good at dribbling? Because he's known as someone that just gets the ball and pings it. Maybe in his earlier days. I don't really but remember then, it. That's, I think that goes back to our previous conversation where certain people in the previous eras would have ended up being a centre mid. I, mm. I don't think Beckham would have played wide just because no one really wants you to run down the line and whip it in or like whip it in from deep or whatever anymore. That's like for specific teams only who, you know, still play with that big man up top but yeah I just feel like he he would have ended up being a, a centre mid I, I I don't want to say right back but I mean we've seen Trent like right wing back yeah we've seen Trent who's sort of Beckham-esque and he he can't really well he's sort of playing inverted now but for ages he came through like the ranks as a centre mid and I think I've seen him a few times in centre mid and I understand why they don't play him in centre mid. So, um, but my, my, my thought process more was if we consider the trait dribbling, can you be, a, so like to critique it, can you be a good winger without being good at dribbling is more what I was thinking of. That's why I brought up Beckham because I'm thinking, I don't really recall Beckham being a good dribbler. Maybe in his younger years when I wasn't watching football, he might have been so, I'm sure any old heads listening might correct us, but I don't remember him being a good dribbler, but he was seen as a good winger. Maybe not now, if you know, if he was to play football in modern day standards. But back then, he was seen as a good winger. And if we're going by, the but that's what I'm saying. Criteria. I don't think Beckham was ever seen as a winger. I think he was like a wide man, but that's like the Courtland, sort of he was right definitely mid. a winger. Yeah, that's a, is that not is that a winger? We're not classing right mid, left mid as wingers. Are we just doing right wing, left wing? I think because you, you got to consider. Te- 
back then when it was 4-4-2, then technically there was no wingers. Yeah, and I'm saying like there was a... Di- okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, he wasn't really a dribbler. But I think the best ones back then were... Maybe he was an exception to the rule then, yeah. Yeah, he just had supreme passing ability and crossing ability. So, you know, you you sort of want him there, whether he can't, whether he can beat a man or not. But yeah, I think for the most part, like the majority of wingers back then were like, they could beat a man, they could dribble past because they they did seem to have like that sort of close control. Figo, I don't think Figo had like burst in pace, but Figo could like dribble. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He's he's the sort of one I look to when I'm thinking of a winger, sort of in the previous generation. Giggs, I think Giggs was pretty fast, but Giggs also had that close control that allowed him to dribble. Perez, not exceptionally quick, but could dribble. Um, Even as a modern example of Sancho, he's not got pace, but his dribble yeah, sort of masks yeah. any, I guess, f- um, physical deficiencies that a player may have. Mm. I think that sort of leads me on to one other thing. I think your winger needs to be... It's funny because I sort of use this word when we're talking about um, DMs. But I think your winger can't be passive. So as a result, I'm trying to say your winger should be kind of aggressive. Whether it's aggressive in crashing the box and getting on the end of chances or aggressive in taking on a man. Because Sancho, whether it's confidence, form, just not being able to trust himself yet seems very passive very tame mm. and as a result he just hasn't shown that he's a good winger yet whereas we look at Salah Salah's running at you directly like Grealish might take a bit more of a roundabout route where he's not you know directly running at you but Grealish can still do that but he's still sort of just not passive and someone like Mane Mane might not have like beaten two, three men and then like whipped it in, but he's still aggressive in getting on the end of chances, especially with the way Liverpool played with Firmino dropping in. So, yeah, just a little bit of a segue, but what do you guys think of your winger sort of being aggressive? I was going to use the word direct, but mm, I don't think do it's you, know, necess- do you-, you necessarily have to be direct. Do you know what word I would use? And I and it's within the same sort of realm of what you're saying, and I agree with it as well. I would use the word confidence. I want your winger to be confident. So when you say like not passive, I want them to be confident. And the reason why I say that is because I'm even thinking uh, myself as a fullback. One thing I try to do, because again, I used to be a winger. I know what it's like to be a winger. And one thing I've noticed is confidence is 50% of your game. If you're not confident, you can have all the ability in the world, you might be minimised by a good defender. Mm. If you're not confident, if you're not trying to do stuff or whatever. And what I think to myself as a defender, and I'm trying to sort of flip the script and think, okay, I'm a defender. How do I get in the mind of a, of a winger? And one thing I do, and Jeff, you might have noticed this as well, when we're at 
goals or power league or whatever, I'll always be, I don't want to say trash talking, but I'll be trying to get inside your head, basically. Yeah, 100%. As a, as a, as a, as a defender, you, you always hear me. I'm always doing stuff like, like let's say if you do, a, if the ball gets knocked to you and then you pass it back to a midfielder, I always say like, oh, you don't want it. Oh, you, yeah, and then yeah. I might try to frustrate you. You might then, instead of being the logical thinker and be like, I oh, know that was a safe option, I'll stick with that. Over time, you might get a bit annoyed and be like, okay, no, this I'm going to face him just to shut him up. Prove myself. Yeah. Yeah. You might try to do that and then you're blocked by, let's say, two, three defenders. You know, the ball, you get dispossessed. Now that happens again and again, your confidence is going to go lower and lower. And what I think to myself is if I can minimize your confidence, I've done 50% of the job. 50% of my work is done just from talking, just from lowering your confidence. Because the next time the ball is going to come to the center mid, you're not going to want the ball because you know that I'm going to be on you. You know that me, a, a few other defenders, we're going to be, you know, trying to clamp you, basically. Mm. So I know I've done 50% of the job. But if you are able to overcome, like that trash tool, you might give it back, you might, you know, knock the ball past me, whip it in and the striker misses or scores or whatever, all of a sudden your confidence is getting built up. So I agree. I think confidence definitely is what I would put third. Is that... Uh, can we describe that as a trait? Confidence? Yeah, of course. I think that's a... Is that not a trait? Confidence? Because I think... You get confident, you get a like shy Leal, person. With mm. someone like Leia, we see him smiling all the time. Sort of, You can tell he's very self-assured, very confident. Mbappe, very self-assured very confident but with like let's say Sancho in Dortmund it looks like he was that sort of self-assured confident player but if if it's a trait is it is it something that's like easily lost as as like how confidence is because your confidence can go just like that and let's say Vinicius who we were speaking about I think he lacked confidence um, in the first few years. It, it just seemed like maybe he was in his head overthinking things. Whatever changed and now he looks to be, you know, confident. But is is it, yeah, I'm just asking whether it's something that, you know, we can classify as a trait because your confidence can sort of go tomorrow. I know your legs mm. can go tomorrow, your pace can go tomorrow and stuff like that, but... Well, that's what I was going to say because to be fair, it's, 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 a, it's, actually, it's a good question that you say that because a lot of the other traits that we've said are like absolutes, you know, your positioning, your movement, your in, in previous positions I'm talking about. These are absolute statements that like you don't lose your physical, well, not physical, but your technical ability, should we say. Mm. Confidence, you're right, is something which you can have one day, you might not have the next day. You can, it's all sort of dependent on like loads of like variable factors, but I think that that's a good point. The only thing I will say is confidence is something which, yes, you can have today, not have tomorrow. But then again, and this is what I was actually going to bring on to, like your physical traits, which you have brought up, like let's say your stamina. You might have it now and actually now, maybe not next week, but it does something slowly decline, but it's not. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking out loud now. And I'm just realising, no, but uh, stamina is something which you might lose over time. Confidence is something which flip back and forth. Oh, that's actually a good question. I actually don't know, you know. I think you're right. We might need something more absolute, should we say. Yeah, because I, I see what you're saying and 
you're sort of mm. going along the lines of what I was talking about, you know, ready to beat your man, ready to just make an impact rather than be passive. I don't know if it's the words that's throwing me off or what? Well, there's something there. What do you think, Carl? No, because I like confidence because it's a very 1v1 orientated position. Like, when you think about it, when they pick it up, especially if you're thinking in the main areas they're going to pick it up, there's always a guy that they have to beat. And if, for example, the first time he gets it, he gets tackled. Second time he gets it, he gets tackled. What's he going to do the third time? Like, it has to be in your head to be like, I'm willing to run at this guy all day and eventually beat him more than he tackles me. I don't think you get that in as many other positions, like directly. Because everyone knows what your role is. Okay, if you're supposed to be, and we're putting dribbling in there, we're putting potentially leaving with something in there, how are you going to do that with no confidence? Yeah. If your head goes up think... 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or you think, oh, it's a lost cause, I'm being locked up. Like, it's not there. And we'll use an example. I was speaking about Vinny before. Even the way Kyle Walker was dealing with him, not once did he stop running at him. That's true. Not once. That's true. But there's other guys that after the first couple of duels will just turn around and start passing it. Or will switch sides. That's the funniest when you see the winger switch sides. Well, when they switch sides, yeah, that's when you know, ah, like, I don't, I don't, Job done. I'm feeling myself. Yeah. Mbappe, would you ever see Mbappe playing off the right if he's not going well from the left? No chance. He'll find a way. And yeah, is, that trust in yourself, yeah, is very important. Maybe it's not confidence, maybe it's mental fortitude. I don't know what it is yet, but there is that mental element of, and Omar said it, playing as a winger, power league, but even playing as a fullback, bro, you know, you know when that winger's lost his confidence, bro. Mm, you yeah, know when yeah. he shut up shop and he said, uh, this guy is too much for me, I, I can't deal with him. And that's why you see wingers, usually the ones that are like that, whose heads go down and stuff, they're the first ones to get taken off in games. But the guy that's keeping pushing, keeping going, and they know like, ah, oh, this guy, yeah, he's, he's first 35, 45 minutes, he's not really been there. But second half, he can still give me something because I know how his mind works. Well, is that yeah. more... Because the thing is, so Jeff brought up the point of, you know, confidence is something you can have one week and not the week after, basically. It's sort of like a dependent thing. So I'm thinking of sort of other traits like... I don't know if it's self-assurance, if it's resilience or something, but I do feel like this is definitely something which has to be in the top three. However we classify it, however we describe it, is another topic, but I do think that the confidence or like I said, self-assurance, resilience, non-passiveness, whatever word we want to use, definitely has to be top three. Yeah, and I think it's a trait as well that isn't... It's not really factored down to at any one level as well. I think it can apply to a Premier League player as much as it can apply to a non-league player as well. Yeah, yeah. You'll see at all levels that 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 is a one common trait of wingers that you you'll see. And that's why they always talk about like Brazilian wingers, South London wingers. Like these guys, they're so sure in their their skills and their movement that and how they can manipulate the ball that they're just gonna run all day at you. 
knowing that they can do a thing. Whereas, like, yeah, the the, the passive ones, I yeah, I don't think. Like never giving up, basically. Yeah, yeah. like, and, and you can you can uh, you can attribute it to all eras as well. Like a random name, I was just thinking of now is like Aspria for Newcastle. Oh, player. These man said that they didn't, uh, when I've watched all podcasts, I was like, yeah, they said, yeah, he was a player, bro. This guy would just run, run at guys, run at guys, run at guys, cause damage, cause problems. Janino, um, uh, Middlesbrough, um, even Robin, Ribery, um, before that, your Garinchas, like th- these kind of guys, bro, they're, they're so, like you say, maybe self assured more than anything. Uh, maybe like, maybe the confidence is a prerequisite, but they just know what they're on. At whatever level, whatever era, like as a winger, if you know what you're on, you're doing it. The ones that don't know what they're on, yeah, after the first couple tackles, 20 minutes in, the game's done for them. It's shut up. It's locked off. That's it. I think, I think self-assured might actually be the word, because this is taking me to Grealish. We've seen him do sort of a few interviews where he was like, when he first joined, uh, he's thinking, ah, uh, I'm at Man City. Uh, KDB just told me to pass the ball and I wanted to dribble, but because it's KDB, I'm going to pass the ball. Like, he didn't, he didn't have it in him to, yeah, he didn't have that confidence, that assuredness in himself. So he was sort of just doing whatever to appease everyone else. And we could see that that wasn't the Grealish that Man City spent 100 mil on now he's talking about how he's just himself you know he's still jack who goes out for a drink after he's had a game and stuff and you know whether kdb wants the ball or not he's gonna make that decision based on what he thinks is the right thing to do and you sort of see like a switch in in his style of play so i think maybe self-assuredness is probably the the right thing maybe yeah maybe the words we've been looking for but regardless as as we all keep saying something along these lines definitely needs to be in there because if you you know have a certain thing that you're good at and you just stop doing it based on you know not feeling it or you're sort of being passive you're scared of your opponent then there's no point you being on the pitch yeah i agree with that so self-assuredness and did we confirm that dribbling was one as well yeah yeah i think we have to because i feel like there's exceptions to rules like we mentioned beckham for example but in the grand scheme of things in any era there's always going to be a winger that's good at dribbling if you're considered like amongst the best like the first ballon d'or winner was what stanley matthews and he was known for for dribbling your george bests you know all these sort of players even historically who to be considered as an elite winger or a um, right midfielder, left midfielder, for example, dribbling was in their locker. Yeah. Okay. I think I think I'm happy with the three. So leaving with something, dribbling and self-assuredness. That's yeah. an interesting three. I think when we when we first when we started a pod, I didn't think we would end up with these, but they all sort of Makes sense. Yeah, especially with like the context given as well. Like when you talk about leaving with something, it doesn't necessarily have to mean a goal or an assist. Or when you talk about self-assurance, it's talking about like, you know, not giving up when a fullback is on you, basically. Mm. 
Okay, that's fine. Uh, yeah, then we'll move to strikers, and I'm gonna ask you guys the same questions uh, again. One striker in world football, you got a blank check. You're, you know, starting a team. Who is it? Who are you? Who are you nah, taking I'm, as that one striker? Jeff, I'm gonna do an Uno reverse card. You've been asking all the questions. So your turn Ooh. to answer who you would pick as a striker. You got a blank check again, it, or you could even be listing the profile of a striker. Maybe they might not exist, not exist, but they might not be about right now because we know that, especially the striker market is a bit dire. But mm. it could be a historical, even, or could even be a current striker. I'm gonna say the profile of Harry Kane with Mbappe's pace. That'll be the best football. No, ever, wait, wait, wait. We can't, we can't do. No, we can't do. Uh, build a bear striker. Like it has to be someone. I think it has to be someone that has played, has existed, basically. Um, if we're thinking about the past, and I can include like some legends, then for me, it's between Henri and R nine. I think. I think maybe it doesn't you need even a blank seem... check to buy retired players. No, nah, obviously he said I can. You know, it doesn't have to be a player that's playing today. Just the profile. No, nah, nah, for them. wingers, we did, we did for today. You even picked for the future, bro. Pick someone that's playing today, <laughs> bro. It's too easy to go in the past. The, the uh, reason why I say that is because the profile that I like in a strike, like the ideal profile, it, there's no one really about. That's why I said that. But Jeff, if you want to do I, a current striker, then fine. I reckon, no, I understand that, but then at the end of the day, we're going to give our traits afterwards and then kind of describe our perfect striker mm. anyway. But if we're saying today, who's the closest that re- resembles or someone that you would have in your team today, we can do that and then go off the back of it. Because we know the market at the moment for strikers is not the best, but it's a nice little, um, just nice little challenge just to see where you'd be at in terms of in terms of now. I'm going to remove Mbappe from the conversation because we sort of added him to the previous one. Can't really have him in both. And I'm going to say Kane. I'd, I'd go with Kane then. I know he's a little bit... He lacks... There's a lot to be desired physically, but I just think if... And I'm not really thinking long term. I'm in win-now mode. I, I'll take Harry Kane. Hmm. You get same, on, same, oh, go on, Crow. Oh, go on. Do you say same? I was gonna say same with me. Like your Kane Benzema esque strikers. Yeah, it's probably it's not my ideal striker, as in even historically. But given sort of how football is right now, a striker that sort of comes in deep and is involved in link up play and brings together the team. They might not be appreciated always, but if you're also grabbing a number of goals and bringing in the team together, then that's also, I guess, my secondary sort of um, type of striker that I would go for. Um, if I was going to go without age, I would say Benzema. That's my guy. Fair enough. Um, yeah, especially if we're talking 2020. Uh, yeah, now, obviously, he's had his injuries, but yeah, that's my guy. If not... Um, my second choice would be, I find it quite easy to say, Haaland. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. not for me. Like, if we're talking, especially me, his, his profile, like, uh, do you know why I say that? Is because 
and I don't, you know, you guys know I don't like hypotheticals, but genuinely, if you put like a Kane or Benzema-esque strike in any team, a lot of them will do well. Haaland, I don't, and it's not a slight on Haaland, but if you put Haaland in, in for example, all 20 te- Premier League teams, how well is he going to do? I feel like there's a lot of dependence Scoring goals. needed. Of course, and I'm not denying that. I'm not here to say that he won't score oh. goals. But it's just, I don't know. I feel like there's a certain system more. Actually, do you know what I mean? I lied, I lied, I lied, I lied. It's not Haaland. Oh my God, how can I forget him? Alvarez, man. Alvarez. <laughs> Alvarez, I'm sorry. I just woke up, man. That's so your sorry. guy. Yeah, no, Alvarez, bro, that, because, yeah, he's got, he can do a bit of everything in, like, the style of his game. Like, we've seen him play a bit deeper this season, and we've seen him, like, be up front, and his finishing is is a joke. I do understand what you're saying about Haaland, but my thing with Haaland is, a man who knows where the goal is, and all he cares about is knowing where the goal is, will succeed in most teams. Does that include Chelsea? If he has the service... No, no, we're not doing it. See, this is dependency no, that I'm but talking this is the on. Thing. This is no, the dependency that I'm talking no, on. No, that, that applies to everyone, bro. No, it does Because if it I talk does. about Kane... No, but if I talk about Kane or Benzema, because they're much more involved in the build-up, that's why I don't say... Oh, so you want a centre-mid? You want a centre-mid no. up front? <laughs> that's not but what I'm saying. With, but a striker with no service can't score goals. Of course. But what? But the point is how dependent they are. So is who's more Even dependent? Please. Who's more dependent on Kane or Haaland, hey, for example? No, has, that's not true, man. If we're talking about right, okay. If you're talking about to to for, to play, um, to play their game, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, those guys are gonna come in deep and and be involved. We've seen it. Kai Havertz can drop in deep, bro, and, and touch the ball. We understand that. But for a striker to score goals, they need service. If you look at any striker in the world, most of their goals is coming from service, especially in and around the box. Cool. So if no, the ball's I'm, not coming in the box, then... I don't think he means got that. I it's think not, I can't yeah. see what he means. I'm saying like, that the level of dependency that Haaland is is, is mm. completely... Like, for example, yeah, and I don't like to use the example of, you know, the sort of team around them, but we, the service you're talking about is Richarlison, Ben Davies, and these kind of, Like, they're not really, I would say, serviceable people. But Kane has made it work because it's more about... He is, like, the, the core. He is, the he is like, I don't know, the heartbeat, basically. And I don't get that same feeling with Haaland, basically, is what I, I'm trying... I don't know if... My, my um, rebuttal to that is, yeah. Okay, let's... Because we've seen strikers from different teams here that aren't like the all quintessential like coming deep play link up everything and they've scored goals like Calvert Lewin scored fifteen goals in the season so let's even think about the amount that he probably missed in that season as well so in that Everton team if I was going to argue bro I could say Harlem will score twenty plus goals and I feel like if he goes to any team where the ball can get into the box where he's special uh, specialist. Yeah, he's causing problems. Obviously, he's not going to score 40... What do you score this season? 36 goals. Maybe not, because you don't have a De Bruyne being able to give you those once-in-a-lifetime passes that you might get once a season elsewhere. And he's giving you what, like one every other week. And you're eating off that. But to say that Haaland couldn't go in most teams and score a sizable amount of goals for that, that team, I think it's a bit disingenuous to how good he is in and around the box. 
But okay, just to clear up, that's not what I'm not saying. He won't score a size amount of sizable amount of goals in every team. But what I'm saying is the level of dependency that he has in comparison in comparison to like a Kane or Benzema, I would say is very like the gap is huge. But to do what though? To score, to, to contribute, to, 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 no, to, not to, to get goals and assists. Goal. To get okay, get goals and assists in simple terms. Nah, I won't say goals because this is the my argument is right. Someone like Kane, for example. We're acting like he's a man that, like, you're almost describing him like you're talking about Messi. Like, Messi can pick up the ball. Like, it doesn't matter if no one's giving him the ball. Messi could get the ball, go past two players, and then stick it top bins week in, week out. Kane ain't that. Kane every week is doing the dropping in, spraying it. Like, his passing's amazing. He's all, like, all this stuff. But if you look at the goals he scored this season alone, it's come from the ball coming into the box and he's finishing. I don't think, I feel like, um, in fact, not that I don't think, I feel like every striker in the world that scores goals is so dependent on what is coming in the box. The rest of the game, we can argue and say who's more complete, who's like stylistically the best. But to score goals, I'm, you, you need you need that ball to come in the box. And the argument when you said even Chelsea is, bro, how many times does the ball just not come in the box? With any quality at all, even if it does. Of course, which is why I feel like, you know, that sort of profile of Kane or Benzema, when they drop in deep to facilitate the attack, to then push forward and then get the ball in the box. Because sometimes you'll see Benzema pick up the ball where Modric is, he'll pass it out to Vinicius. He still hasn't made the run into the box. The Vinicius is one on one with the, a defender, there's no one in the box. Benzema might make either a late run into the box or he might hang around sort of the edge of the box or whatever, but he has facilitated that attack. And I feel like Kane is of a similar mould since Mourinho, since Mourinho managed Tottenham, where he is now having that sort of similar effect. Of course, you need balls to be dropping in the box. Of course, you need like things like that to be happening as well. And I'm not denying that. I just Kane feel like... they also just score from like outside. Like he can score that, that free kick that he scored. Who was it against? But just stuff like that. I think I get what both of you are saying. Strikers are definitely reliant on service, but some are more reliant than others. And I think Haaland is probably more reliant than Kane because Kane will be able to get the ball, create half a yard, and now he's whipped it in from 25 yards, whereas Haaland 25 yards from goal just isn't a threat to me. To me, it's more it's like, uh, do, do you know what? Strip away, strip away names and just think of profiles. If we're going to call Harlan, let's say, a poacher, for example, and we're going to call Kane, if you're a complete striker or whatever, and I think about profiles, a poacher versus a, a complete striker yeah. sort of profile, the, the level of dependency for a poacher is, come on, like, it's no, completely... What what my argument is... For, for one, okay, pe- people who are quote-unquote poachers, right, are guys that literally operate in and around the box, right? That's literally, that, that's that's their bread and butter. When people say complete strikers, it's the additional part of the game where they're almost, like you said, an additional midfielder and they're going to do all the link-up play and everything. But my only argument is when it comes to in the box to get the goals, because... If we're going to look at... We can look at all of their goals this season. Whether you're talking about Benzema, Kane, uh, Lewandowski, 
Haaland, whoever, most of the goals are going to be in the box. Tappings, uh, nice adjustments of the body for volleys, headers, this sort of thing. So if you were say, and remember the debate was about who'd be more reliant or, or who's more dependent on service to get goals. And I think they're all equally as dependent because we're not talking about a singular striker here that is creating their own, like, necessarily their own magic out of nothing. But there, there's, there's it's still crashing the service because you can say, you can say Benzema passes it out to Vinicius, but the way you're saying, yeah, by the time he gets to the box, Vinicius, Vinicius needs to do X, Y, and Z. But that's Vinicius's service to him. Whether it's Modric giving him that ball or he's giving it to 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 uh, Vinny, he still has to rely on what comes after that. Yeah, and that's, that's a fair point. Again, again, I'm not denying there's a level of reliability because it's a team sport. There's obviously going to be an element of reliability and whatnot. But what I'm saying is, so like you're saying at the end of the day, it's about you know getting goals and level of serviceability and whatnot. Of course, that's absolutely true, and there's no denying that. But again, like I said, I just feel like a player like Kane or a player like Benzema can, I would say, work better in a, in a worse team because of the type of profile that they are. And that's another reason why, in my opinion, poachers in general will never be seen as like goats of the sport. Because I feel like, and I mean, we can ch- try to change misconceptions, but in general, they're, they're viewed more as heavily depend heavily um dependent on other players whereas you you'd find complete strikers especially in an attacking sense who are seen as like you know more well-rounded or whatnot will be seen in a what? in my opinion a higher light than some like look at someone like aguero that's a, that's a... aguero would banging goals bro this guy how many yeah. premier leagues has he got what four or five we need to talk yeah. about greatest premier league strikers does anyone talk about aguero but this is yeah but that's also a Okay, it's a preference thing and it's an aesthetic thing as well. Because my thing is, people can talk about poachers all they like, right? And look at the numbers that you could use Aguero, you can use Harlan as your, your two examples, bro. Not many were scoring goals like them in terms of the first, the, the frequency, the numbers. And if it was that easy, someone like Jesus would have scored 20 Premier League goals at some point. Or whoever's put in that, uh, in, in that position and said, oh, a striker, yeah, go... Go hang around the box and, and wait for something to drop in for you. You're gonna sc- and you're gonna score mad numbers. Like it's it's not for me. Football is very much a it, what people like to see on their eye, and it's it's very narrow driven. So yeah, you look at strikers like of R nine Henri, who define the whole generation in terms of how people love their strikers to be. You know, being able to dribble, being able to you know, have that bit of you know, je ne sais quoi and then being able to score a beautiful goal. And, and But even an Henri, those, those 40-yard runs in R9, those 40-yard runs that man were doing to score goals, it, it wasn't every week. But that's the things that stick in people's mind. The problem with poachers is, and or how people view poachers is, yeah, they're just tapping it in the goal every week. They're just tapping it in, they're tapping it in, they're tapping it in, they're scoring in the box. There's nothing exciting about it. There's nothing um, to write home about it. But there's almost a, its own science to it. And that's where I've come to, probably even later in life, come to appreciate those kind of guys because it's a lot, I think it's a lot harder to play the game when you don't touch the ball much. 
And you can still leave with two goals, three goals. I hear that. I agree. It makes me think of Inzaghi and like he just made an art. I hear that. But but like I said, but but when you talk about your great strikers, okay, let's say the Premier League, yeah. If I give you names like Andy Cole, Sergio Aguero, and then I give you names like Harry Kane, Wayne Rooney, Thierry Henry, who who are seen, maybe it's up to you if you want to say your opinion, who are seen as the the better players, the, the more goats, would you say, of the goat strikers of the Premier League? Is it the left side or the right? The left side of your Andy Cole, Sergio Aguero's, or the or your right side, your uh, Rooney's, Lampard? I don't think Aguero Lampard, was a poacher, uh, you know? Yeah, but even... Aguero <clears throat> was definitely a poacher, man. Well, I think he... Aguero got involved... A oh, bit more than on, that man. to be okay. No, no, no. The K- thing is, oh, poachers is not is not one dimensional. It's not you're not restricted to just in the six yard box. That's not no. what, in my opinion, a poacher is. Aguero wasn't more involved, but Aguero compared to some of the poachers you're talking about could create his own goals once he gets yeah. in those situations. He could. That's what Aguero has scored goals from outside of the box, of course. Not just that. I'm saying when he gets in the box, there's like there's still a lot to do, so he could chop inside, chop back outside, finish like. Other poachers couldn't do that. It's usually one touch out the feet, bang, or they're through on goal. It's not... Aguero was... He would still be in the latter category of a poacher rather than a complete striker, but he just has that little bit extra when it got into those situations where there's a man still in front of him or two defenders there, and you know he can still score a goal, whereas others maybe not so much. But... I don't like how you snuck Harry Kane into the Henri and Wayne Rooney side of things. <laughs> this that was nasty business. I was no. waiting to get back to that. That was nasty business. Don't do that, bro. Don't do that. You know, you know the premise. Knows you, you, he's you not know on the that side, bro. He's you know, not on that you, side. You know the premise, yeah. Since Mourinho came into Tottenham, he has been a, a goal and assist. Sort yeah, of striker. Okay, but that's maybe not. not no, okay, maybe not level. I'm not talking about level. I'm talking about profile, not level of ability. Right? There's these are completely different. Because arguments. Harry Kane, Harry Kane can. Has he has he gone past Rooney yet? Yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah. But he's still not considered anywhere near. Yeah. When people talk about, do you get what I'm saying? And that's due to the fact that it, it Kane is like as much as we don't understand. Uh, it's hard to re- re- let me reason with this for a sec here. He has the ability to play, as in come, drop deep, and play a pass, right? But he's not a turn, beat a man, do something, then play it. Like, he's very much... He might as well be a midfielder until he gets into the box, like, in terms of just pass it, move it, keep it going. But he's very much of that culture ilk. Because when you think of, like, he scored 30 goals this season, but you watch those 30 goals, a lot of them are just coming... I've come from, like, crosses, tap-ins fullbacks is not like when we're talking about your Roonies and your Henri's where drop of the shoulder, gone past the man, slapped it bins. They're the things that separate why don't people say they're the GOATs versus someone else where like they have that extra level of special ability and it's unfair to Kane because I'm, I'm, we're comparing to one guy one guy that was the, arguably the best striker in the world for a nice period of time and a, another guy that was, was supposed to be the best player in the world um, in his youth um, up, up to a certain age so I don't want to compare him like that but to me when we when you check the tapes on Kane in the future and we look at it in hindsight we're going to go and especially if you're going to look at it like oh when they show his 100 club and stuff like that you can look at the goals he scored and go, 
But this guy, this guy was no different to potentially a Haaland when you're just looking at the goals itself. But you have to sit and go, okay, yeah, he can do more. He can do more. Like, he has got that little bit extra in his game in terms of holding it up and and passing it. And obviously, he can get assists. But it's still not viewed in that same ilk as the guys with the extra little something. Because he's think, almost just seen as a guy who's no, got goals. Think, but, yeah, but, yeah, but look at, look at Rooney. Yeah. Rooney was not a drop-the-shoulder kind of striker, though. He was... Even him, most of his goals were also inside the box. He also had the season where I remember he was just scoring bare headers. One, yeah, I don't know, 23rd, yeah, wherever it was. Like, there was a season where he's, you know, had that, of course, as a striker, majority of your goals are going to be inside the box. And I feel like, maybe not Henri, but I was thinking more of profile, stripping away names, like a type of profile, Kane post Mourinho, and your Rooney's, your Henri, they're similar-ish, not, because when you talk about stylistically and dropping the shot, this is all style of play, but the actual profile of the striker, there are similarities. similar to Rooney in that regard. Kane and Rooney, yeah. I think they're more similar, especially... Okay, fair enough. If you want to disregard Henri, then that's absolutely fine. But then, if you want to say Kane and Rooney as one sort of profile and Aguero uh, and Cole, because even Andy Cole wasn't just a tapping merchant. Even Andy Cole was banging in goals as well, like you know, yeah. from the left, from the right as well. He weren't just like a you know cross it across the six yard box and he's there to tap it in. He was more than that as well, and that's why even the word poacher, like it's a lot more than just you know, putting the ball into an empty net when, you know, it gets sweated across to you. It's obviously a lot more than that. But as a general sort of profile, I would say, even though Aguero, being South American, has that dribbling package, I would still put Aguero and Andy Cole in that poacher category and Rooney and Kane more in a, again, Kane post-Mourinho in that sort of playmaking, all-round kind of striking profile. Yeah, and obviously with Rooney, this is a man that... What did he play? Like? He, he only played like up front, like what two seasons in his career. So it is a hard one to even. And I say that to say more like the fact that he played in different positions and how he played the game is more endearing and how he can be seen as a goat. Whereas for me, Kate, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I guess it's, it's in a way it's semantics that like how you actually view it. But I'm talking about. It, even going back to the original question, it's just about the goal-scoring element of it all. Where, when I say like an Henri who could easily score 10 goals that were of his own volition doing a madness, and then maybe the rest of service as well, the others, like your Kane and Haaland, when we exclude the all-round, because obviously even Haaland... Yeah, you come, hold up the ball a little bit. People they think you can hold up the ball. Come, hold up the ball, set it, move. They're still yeah, at the end of the day, when they get that, to the box, yeah. they're going to have to, someone's going to have to put it there for them. And that's why I said it's not too different. But when I look at the extortionate amount of goals that Haaland has scored, and at the rate he's been scoring during his career, he's taken, even if you want to give him the poacher tag, he's doing it at a superb level. It's like the argument of, like, when you say, like, Ronaldinho and Neymar, right? It's, it, it, whoever's better, you want you can argue it. But having that dribbling package, the skills, the ooh-la-la, the whole part of the game, and then you tell me Neymar's going to go and score 250-plus goals in his career at a rate, or, or basically average a goal and assist almost every game of his career. You're telling me you can give me that? I'd take it to another level in terms of production for the modern era. 
then I go, all right, cool, my eyes are open. And well, that's what I say with, with, even if there is a poacher that you could say that like, Harland is like, they, I can't think of anyone that's done it to the level he's done it with. And sometimes you just go and say, if you're that good at your job, I can't look at you and say, you wouldn't be able to do it here, you wouldn't be able to do it there. I think he's genuinely a drag-and-drop player. And I think City, when people say, even people from early on said, oh, this is a bad move. Like, the way they play football, how's he going to get goals? And then they adapted how they, like, their patterns of play for him. Yeah, yeah. And the goals just went crazy. I think Haaland is a player, definitely, who can excel almost anywhere. And there's no mm. denying that. And I feel like he's also proven a lot of people wrong, especially before the season, who were saying that, you know, Haaland wouldn't do well in the Premier League or whatever they were saying. And he sort of dispelled that myth. I think that's a fact. And like you said, he's doing it at an unheard of level. Like something which I saw one stat, if he carries on the goal scoring rate that he is playing at until he's, I don't know what the number age was, like 35 or however old it was, I think he would even surpass like 300 goals. He's already on, I think like, just under 200. Yeah, I think no, 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 no. Oh, you no, mean no, no. Premier League? Premier League. Oh, oh. yeah. If he, no, if he carries on like this, yeah, I think he's in. Yeah, they worked out like an average. They worked out on average, like by the time he's like, I don't know, 34, 30, whatever the age was, he would surpass 300 goals. Obviously, we know that, you know, you're probably not going to keep up that same level for that amount of years. But if he does, then that's the sort of There's... trajectory he's on. With the him, if anyone's going to do it, he's the one that's going to keep it up, man. And if he stays at City, it's, there's no, it's dangerous. There's but, no real argument, aside from injuries, to suggest that he wouldn't. Yeah, In the sense that he, stays, he basically goal a game over yeah. like the last five years or something crazy like that. And I'll say, when you're, when you're at that level, it is hard to dispel it and he's like, not relying on like physical abilities like you know a player who's fast for example or a player mm. who is like you know has that sort of physical reliance because he's not relying on the other than his sort of presence and his height which he'll never lose i think he can definitely yeah. he has the potential to definitely go the distance yeah. like as Latland, for example because you know the thing is the only times he uses his pace really it's probably more non-goal scoring situations like it's more when he's chasing balls down the channel. Yeah, make oh and to be fair, if he's got he has got a burst, so yeah, if there's a ball played in front of him and he needs to take the first few steps, first few yards to get there and finish, then yeah, but it it's yeah, like you say, Latan's probably a great example. Like the guy will score goals for as long as he's fit for, like mm. in general. So uh, yeah, like even but, so, that you did end up being my pick anyway. It was Alvarez, but he's, he's uh, actually. We did you know that what? Whole, we did that whole detour of the convo to not even come up with one trait based on all these greats that we've mentioned, fam. There's a lot of traits in there, man. We discussed some There's traits. A lot. We just got stuff. It's got. It's, it's going to sound obvious. It's goal scoring. Like, finishing. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. Finishing. Yeah. yeah. That's the obvious one. Yeah. I think that finishing. has to yeah. be there. Every era has always produced goal machines. Would that's something? That's a 
prerequisite okay. definitely to be a good striker. I've got a question here. Will is striker going to be the only position where we can actually do all three with no fi- actual physical traits? Yeah, probably. But I actually think yeah. it's all in the head. Once you take finishing out the equation, which is the technique of actually putting the ball in the goal, everything else is in the head. Like in terms of the, the like how the brain processes things, not necessarily like emotions or yeah. composure, but it's actually the like even things is like spatial awareness, like just knowing where you are in the box at any one time or knowing where the goal is like just absorbing that picture like because I, I, I always think like when you know when you watch a striker that's he's decent but he's not elite the thing that always lets him down is just like situational awareness because you know if he gets in front of the goal he can score but it's just like sometimes it's where they're standing sometimes it's just body composition or how they control the ball the first time and not realising timings and everything that they kill their own chances but the elites of the elites just I don't they just oh, I know right, what so, you mean they know where the goal is yeah yeah, yeah. I can't because even like someone that I don't like oh, I don't want to say I don't rate him but he's just, just maybe I've just gone off him for a long time with like Lewandowski for example but even him, like the amount of times he was just in acres of space for a tap in, and then you watch the replay and it's just how he just like he just moved an extra yard in a certain situation, just knowing where the ball might land, and he's just tapping it in. And I'm going, bro, if only certain strikers had that. Like you, you man, the Chelsea fan, you seen Tammy? Tammy could put the ball in the goal. There was no arguments about it. But how many times would he just be in the wrong position when yeah. we went forward? Yeah, or not make the right run into the right space. Like you, it, it sounds so like a cliche or whatever. But you have to be able to smell a goal. Nice. Those guys that can smell a goal score goals for breakfast. I think the right term in that case would be situational awareness. Yeah, because you have to be aware of. You know, strikers that gamble, for example. I love mm. a striker that just gambles, like just gambles. go for it. Put when the bo- you just hope the ball comes across the edge of the uh, across the six yard box, that little ca- corridor of uncertainty. Yeah. You gamble. You put yourself on the end of it. That okay, you're you're aware that the the winger might do that, or of course you need to be on the same wavelength as that. But being aware of like your situation. Do you know why you're spitting facts, bro? There's nothing more I hate here. Then when the ball goes across the box and the striker is stood there, like or no, or nowhere to I'll, be seen, yeah, nowhere no, to be seen. But you know when it goes by, yeah, and he's just like kind of just stood, like oh, like, what? like it's gone. But yeah, but then you have those strikers that just slide in for no, like there might be nowhere near it, but they're just sliding in. They said if this ball <laughs> touches my body, it's in the goal. Let me just slide. I said that that guy that guy is hungry to score goals. Or even like my favorite move sometimes, you know, when it's going down the byline, like someone's coming towards the byline and they just, and everyone's running to the box and they just stop. He just stops. Yeah. Yeah. Little pull back. You're in acres of space. Just find the corner goal. Well, you have strikers that are just rushing into the box and you're going, bro, think where the space is. Yeah. 
So what? Spatial awareness. Yeah, I like that yeah, one. Si- si- I si- well, I thought situational, but you can't situation. Yeah, situational because it, like, it factors in both as well. Yeah. Okay. If you have it, you know where to be. Like you know where the space is. Mm. And what yeah, man, you... I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of Blue Lock in it, so I know what. I, I, know, <laughs> striker, I know about strikers now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to turn yeah. that zero into one. I do feel like this is one of the positions. I mean. We touched on this earlier that football's a sort of sport where you don't need to be physically um, anything, to be honest, to be successful. But as a striker, I feel like there definitely doesn't need to be any sort of physical attributes. Like you, you, you don't need to be tall for you. Don't need to be strong. You don't need to be fast. You don't need to be any of that, to be honest. I mean, it helps if you do have that, um, or if it helps if you have at least one of those traits. But there's been plenty of strikers who don't have that, but you know, they're sort of they can mask those deficiencies in other ways. Mm. Will the third one be then? Uh, again, do we do we want to say movement or does is that count as situational? I thought awareness? movement was part of like the awareness. I think that's part of the okay. package of the awareness. Um, um, composure. I see. I was yeah, gonna say. Nice, I, I was thinking that one because nice. I think that's composure. very. Yeah, that's important. Because, you know, like, I'll use... God, even when Tony's not here, I'm using this guy as an example. But you see, like, Rashford, for example, right? Mm. If he had composure, he would have double the career goals that he has. It would be so different. Like, so, it's so different. So, it's such a key trait, like, when you're in front... Because I think it was Jermaine Defoe that was talking about it, like, maybe even Henri as well, where they were saying, like, it's almost like you have to empty your mind when you're in front of the goalkeeper. You just yeah. see what's going on. If you want to like freeze him, if you want to take it round him, you just you just gotta like calm yourself down and do what you need to do. Whereas I feel like a lot of guys who get in front of goal, like they rush it, they snap at it, they're they're almost like it's almost like they're not ready for it. And I think they think too much. You see Maratta, we've all seen Maratta, we've seen Timo Werner, we see Rashford sort of he has time to think, then he'll go for that driven shot. Like, there's an opportunity to go around the keeper to lift it, but he's still going for that, like, sort of hard and low. I think composure is, yeah, very, very important because without it, you're you're not giving yourself that opportunity to score. You're snapping at it. You're sort of off balance or, yeah, I think. And we've seen it with Rashford. I really like Rashford, but I mean, the the amount of one-on-ones you see him have, and he sort of does the same thing each time. Yeah, like, that's... Go on. Yeah. No, no, go on, go on. Now, I was going to say, that's where like, even someone like, you know, like Mbappe, that like, that move that he does where he cuts in and then just like slots it into the near post. Yeah. It's Snapshot. just all that, like your brain just processes it. You calm down, you just go, okay, cool, the gap's there. Let me just slot it through that gap. How many times do you see guys, people getting onto Joel Felix about it, just smashing out bodies? <laughs> but he just knows where that space is. Just yeah. Cut inside, just drop it in there. Messi, the amount of times you just went through a little dink or a little slot. Like, yeah, some guys, they rust it. But a lot of the guys that have that composure, they utilise all their finishes depending on what the situation requires. And... 
uh, like goal scoring, uh, you, you just have to respect it because there's a lot of guys that are out here not scoring goals or many goals. And the ones that do, you have to ask yourself why. It's not just because they're, you know, gifted at shooting. Yeah, there's there's only slight differences between them man at the top. It's like small little things that Haaland has that Morata won't have. And that's that's it. The margins Obviously, are fine. Even, yeah, the margins are so fine. Look at you example. You to be able to ice yourself and be like, okay, I'm doing this. Let me do it now. Rather than, oh no, keepers moved a little. Because if you overcomplicate for yourself, then you probably end up making a wrong decision. Yeah, look at look at Calvin Lewin, for example, who was a laughing stock before Ancelotti came. I'm now I'm giving some Ancelotti prop today, isn't it? But <laughs> look at look at look at Calvert Lewin. He was a laughing stock. I remember when I can't remember which rapper it was, but even name dropped him as well. <laughs> Talk about scoring like Calvert Lewin. Everyone's oh, like, what's this guy? What's this guy talking about? But Calvert Lewin don't score goals. Like he was a, he was literally a laughing stock, and then it just clicked. Of course, I'm gonna say it's you know Ancelotti and whatnot, but. Genuinely, like that is the fine margin it takes for a striker to. Uh, it could even be self assurance as well, similar to, to being a winger. But I feel mm. like composure definitely hits the nail on the head because, you know, even to use another example on, on the more extreme end, but like your R9s, for example, who I think had one of the most, or if not the most, goals scored from taking it around the keeper, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Probably, fam. He, he, he had something like right. that where. He was always doing it. And the reason why is because he knew that if he was in a one-on-one position, he already knew what he was going to do. And you can even stop it as a goalkeeper, knowing that he knew what he was going to do. Otherwise, he would be trying to slot it in a low corner or whatever and, you know, racking up the goals that he does. But I feel like composure definitely hits it on the head. And and even when you look at any, any striker in terms of, you know, goal-scoring machines or something, all of them have that same, again, we're sort of using words to, to link it, but like that decision to, okay, take a shot then or wait a little bit, try to go around. And, and when you talk about, you know, strikers who, let's say, aren't at that elite level, you usually find, like you said, like they just try to snap at it. They try to rush the shot. They just try to like, you know, take it quickly. But really and truly, the elite, they know that, you know, this could be their only chance of the game. You might only have one shot in one game. But you've got to make sure you take that opportunity. So it's about being composed, being calm. And yeah, I'm I'm happy with composure. I think that really hits on the head. Agreed. I, I don't think this will make it in. But just a question to you guys. How important do you think having a range of finishes is? Not top three important, but... No, no, yeah, not top important. three. But is it, do you, do you think is important or... Somewhat, because like I said, I mean, if we talk about, uh, let's say, a classical poacher, you're tapping it in in a six-yard box or whatever, you know, you can still rack up 30 goals just having those type of shots, cutbacks, scoring it in, back post finishes, whatever. You can Mm. score so many goals doing the same type of shot. It doesn't need to be outside the box. You don't even need to, you know, try and curl it top bins or whatever. It could just be, you know, passing it into the net if you want I think, so I, yeah. I, I think it's not top three because you can look at someone like Giroud for example who if you look at his goal catalogue has a bunch of finishes in his locker yeah but has never been elite maybe because he lacks 
composure in certain instances, maybe because he lacks spatial awareness at times. I don't know what it could be. Some of the top, like some of the top three that he misses out on sometimes. But his range of goals that he scored, all types of volleys, headers, tappings, whatever it may be, slotting it, free kicks, like he can do it all. But there's all there's got to be an element of his game that's not allowing him to do it or throughout his career didn't allow him to do it week in week out and rack up mm. numbers with the ability that he has in terms of different types of finishes yeah yeah or even like yeah he's probably like the best example to use in, in that in that sense um but it, yeah it is it is important it is important because you when you do lose certain aspects of your game, say, for example, if you were like a quick striker or physically, you know, quite dominant in that sense, and then you don't have it anymore, you might find yourself in different scenarios in terms of where you can receive the ball and where you will score from, and you need to be able to put it away. But I don't think it's as needed as the others. Because if, if your brain's ticked on and you've got those other elements, you, you, you're going to score goals regardless. And there we have it. I think we've... That was quite smooth, to be honest. I don't think we really had... I mean, we had more of a debate about if Kane is like Rooney or or not than what we did for the traits. But, yeah, I think we've gone with finishing. We've gone with composure and... What was it? Spatial awareness? Situational. Situational awareness. Yeah, that's a really good one, actually. Um, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm even thinking like every top striker, you have to have all three of those. I would say, I, yeah. I can't think of a striker that doesn't have any of those. Wait, and one thing to round up on, because I used him earlier on, and it stopped you guys from using him here. Mbappe, winger or striker, and why? <laughs> What? Where would I play him? Are you saying? Yeah, like where Stryker. do you? But why? The reason why I feel like his characteristics suit a striker more in terms of what I want to see from a striker. Anyway, his runs in behind, his finishing, his dribbling is good, and I love a striker that can dribble. Like my favorite strikers, which is what I was going to say at the beginning, was like your R nine type of strikers, and even. The closest player to R9 since him is, and I'm not being biased, is Hulk. You know, someone that has got it all. You can dribble, you can shoot, do everything. Although his dribbling is good, I, I feel hey, like... Wait, as wait. A... wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I thought I heard that, yeah. Wait. And, uh, yeah. Wait. Hulk is the closest... Uh, Profile-wise, is the closest to R9 that we've oh, ever seen in history. Isn't it? Hulk is the closest. R9 is... And, and Mbappe, to me... Are like when I look at R9 and Hulk, for example, the dribbling package of Hulk and R9 are so similar in comparison to Mbappe. Hmm. I would how, say how often do you see Mbappe do flip flaps and whatnot? But the guys, the, nah, Mbappe, he, does them. He, he does do them, he does do them. No, he doesn't. It's not his no, but the thing is, yeah, R9 wasn't doing flip flaps every week, he was a step mm. over man. And he was yeah. flip flaps as well, though. and 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 mm, yeah, of course he was. Say, bro, Rashford does does flip flaps, bro. 
Like, oh, come on, we're not doing that, man. No, no, nah, this whole coin, this whole you're moving like F, you know. I'm trying, bro. Is it, what's it? That's <laughs> this R9 stop so playing much, football. Man. The one player that's closest to him is because pro, okay, profile wise, a, no, profile wise, yes, M- uh, Hulk M- is the closest to R9. I think Mbappe is a Mbappe is Henri. Right? Mbappe, I look at Mbappe, look at Henri. But I'd say the reason why I was going to say he's a happy blend between the two, Henri and R9, because I think he. Um, Mbappe utilizes a bit more trickery than Henri did in terms of when he's dribbling. Like Henri was like a glider, and I think, and uh, I think Mbappe resembles R nine, three like like Barcelona R nine, in terms of like being like the the raw pace, the trickery as well. And then how they how they conduct themselves in front of goal. Like how, it, it, obviously he said it before anyway that he looked up to those two. But like you can see in the game. But Barca R nine and Inter R nine were so similar though. The only difference was Barca R nine because he was only there for one season. He racked up like thirty six goals in thirty five games mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Yeah, no, no, no. But, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it like he um, obviously changed. I'm just saying like that when I. It, when I watch the clips, like I just think when I see the bus, like because I think am I right in saying it was only like a year after, like after his like first season at Inter, or like just after that, that's when he did his knee in it. Maybe so he probably spent so more time at Inter yeah. with one knee than he did, um, and then obviously Real Madrid, and I think that his game changed in terms of like his physical aspect. So when you talk about Hulk, are you talking like? Let's say like post like two thousand and one R nine. He's more like because I can't really see the similarity for like a younger R nine. If you if you know, I don't think you guys go. I think you guys need to watch clips of Hulk. You know, I don't think you guys fully remember who he was. Like in terms of when I look at R nine, yeah, and I say pace, power, shooting, free kicks, even dribbling, um, trickery. R nine had everything. Yeah. May, aerial ability maybe not so much but everything else he had that and I'm even talking about physique of the player as well when I talk about how close he was Mbappe being a bit slimmer a bit more agile than like an R9 who's a bit more stronger a bit more bulkier but was still nimble I see similarities between Hulk and R9 more than if you want to say Mbappe was a blend between Honor and R9 then I can say yeah fair enough but if we're talking just purely Who's the closest to R nine as a profile? I'm not gonna say Mbappe. I'll say, like I said, I put Mbappe but, closer to Henri than I do to R nine. But when you talk about the bulk and stuff, that's what I'm thinking. Like you're talking about a later R nine because R nine was very slim and nimble up until the injury. After no, the injury, but he, he was still a stocky bulky. guy. No, but R nine was still a stocky guy though. Even in his younger days, he wasn't like a slim. Like you look at Mbappe, he looks a bit slim, a bit sort of like. Not narrow, but do you know what I mean? Like a bit slimmer, but R9 was still a little bulky guy. Maybe it's because of his height, I don't know. There is, yeah. I'm, I'm even looking at, I'm trying to look at the tapes now in it to see where, if I've seen the, the, the vision as much. And obviously, you watched him week in, week out at Portal, so I'm not going to argue it too much. And we're going to try and take your word for it. But to me, it just sounded like, it just sounded a bit mad because I'm thinking, there's been so much man. It's been so much. Yeah, but, I, I can't lie. It threw me off. It took me a while to like process it. 
Wow. I'll stick by it as well, 100%. Like I said, in terms of a pure ability-wise, I've not seen anything as close to him as 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 um, Hulk was. And like I said, if you want to say Mbappe, then yeah, you can say there's a mix of R9 in there. That's absolutely fine. But again, I put Mbappe closer to Henri than I do to R9. Mm. Gonna have to check the tapes for sure, and check we'll it, man. we'll get back to you. But, but for me, I prefer him on the wing. Yeah, I was gonna say wing too. I can't lie. I think you want him sort of facing the goal rather than having his back to the goal. And everything he can do—the whole dribbling, the the running behind—he um, can still do that from the wing and probably still be your top goal scorer but it just affords him the opportunity to you know move forwards rather than have to you know have his back to goal or turn around and and whatnot and it's also less crowded in the wide areas and I think I've always liked him more when he's got a point of reference in the middle to play off as well like I bounce the ball off link up with yeah. yeah not to say that he's not a crazy striker he is but just I think with on the wing he just has that little bit like you say that little bit more space, a little bit more freedom to do like what Yeah, yeah to do just what do he what he wants, yeah. Mm-hmm. He he just looks a bit smoother when he's down the middles a bit I don't know. It, I mean he he himself says he I think he says he doesn't want to play there and I don't know if it's just a mental thing where you can tell he's not really feeling the position, but I, I just think he looks a bit smoother out wide, and he can do everything he can do if he was playing up top, but just with a bit more freedom. But that being said, though, like he actually hasn't played that many games on the wing, like total. Yeah, yeah. Compared to especially uh, compared to up front, I think like total like if you're including left and right, he's played like half the games he has up front, which didn't surprise me. But I think he's just like maybe going back to the thing where he's like like Henri that he just finds himself on the left so much anyway that it just suits him. Yeah, he's gonna drift to that channel sort of regardless. Um. If if it was him with a strike partner, sort of like how he started out at Monaco with Falcao beside him, then I think, yeah, probably. But because he said uh, as a striker, I'm more thinking him as like the main number nine. Then I prefer him as like out wide, basically. But, gang. but yeah, would you look cool? Because my, my opinion on um, Mbappe was... Or my vision was more seeing him as like a left forward. So like that, do you class that as a winger or a forward? Because to me, that's I think of it again quite old fashioned. But like if it's four four two, that left forward would be the striker role rather than a winger sort of position. Do you guys see that as a as a striker or as a winger? Um, I would in Mbappe's case, I'd probably still say as a winger because when he plays in them positions. I feel like he still hugs the touchline a lot. Like, he doesn't really play within, let's just say, like, the width of the 18-yard box. 
he's not there mm. as much as he is like directly out wide. And probably a lot of that is to do with people knowing how quick he is and playing it down the channel and he goes and finds it out there. But I just think having that freedom to go as far wide as he wants and just stretch it out, it opens up the game for him more because the full, if the fullback has to come out and there's not enough time to double up, he's killing them. Like if you think of the performance against Poland in the World Cup, like when he'd have like um, Matty Cash like 1v1 in those wide areas. But that guy was... Right, he's unplayable <laughs> in them positions. But then yeah. I understand because like, in the final, when he scored his like, hat-trick, the bulk of his good work came from their more centralised areas. But I don't Central know if that was due to Giroud. Yeah. Giroud got taken off, isn't it? In the first, yeah, like 30-something minutes. Yeah, so maybe it changed. It was like how the, the composition of the team changed. It allowed him to play more central and then he could get the goals. But either way, he's special. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. no matter where you put him, he's special. Flip. Oh, man. Can't wait for him to get his ball on door one day, man. Heck. I, I need that. You know, yeah, that'll be a three-peat of Algerian players winning ball on door, <laughs> man. I'm, cl- I'm claiming every single one of them as Algerian heritage, man. Do you know what? Fair enough, man. <laughs> we can't even argue it either. Yeah, literally. Uh, do you guys want to know what's, what's a mad um, stat as well about the Algerian Ballon d'Or winner, so your Benzema, Zidane, and if Mbappe wins it, you know they're all, or like their family, are all from the same sort of region in Algeria. Is it? Yeah. yeah. So like Benzema and and Zidane, for example, they're like where their families are from in Algeria is literally like thirty minutes away. And in Algeria, because obviously Algeria is so big, thirty minutes is like if I were to convert it into UK, it would be like five minutes away. It's literally like right next to each other. over there, fam? Bro, I didn't even know, man. Don't worry, man. Hopefully we get our Congolese Ballon d'Or winner one day, man. I don't know where that's coming from, but... <laughs> Who's the best hope? Lukaku, to this day. Mm. No, nah, maybe... Or in Kunku, maybe. I don't know, but... This is... We ain't I, got like a... I, you know what? It could he could have one season where let's say he wins the Champions League, he might even win a World Cup with France, for example, yeah. And he could win it. You know, you never know, man. Sometimes one season is all it can take. That's the Chelsea fan in you hoping that we're winning hey, the Champions bro. League. Maybe, bro. maybe. Bro, you <laughs> have me smiling. Then I de- just wait, get... he's gonna win a Champions League with Chelsea. Hey, mm. just know yeah. <laughs> when Nkunku and Lukaku are cooking next season, bro, you I will be there. I have my Congo flag. I will be there. <laughs> hey, they ain't seen nothing like that, bro. They wouldn't have seen it since Mpenza was in the league, bro. They won't even know what that's about. I'm so finished. Hey, I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you at all. But lads, hey, this is this has been a good one, man. Thank you for for jumping on, listeners. Please interact and let us know what you think. Uh, follow us on all social media platforms at Ballers Corner. That's B A L R S Corner. And yeah, just let us know what three traits for strikers and wingers you would want in your ideal winger. Um, and yeah, just make sure that it fits into sort of all generations. And yeah, I think that's that's it from us. This is the final instalment to this series. I've enjoyed it so much. Whilst you lot were talking, I was thinking, can we do like free traits for managers or something and make that into an episode? But 
all seeing it. Um, yeah, this is this has been a really enjoyable one, full of lots of different opinions. I will. I don't think I'll ever forget that Hulk was compared to R nine. I'm I'm getting to watch the tapes. <laughs> Right I really now, the listen, listen. Mbappe has not got a Jogo Benito package like Hulk and R nine. He's doubling down. He's doubling down, bro. If you not can prove me wrong, then I'll hold my hands up. But from my memory of watching R nine and watching Hulk, I've, I see so many I similarities. Swear. Bro, hey, this might be an inside job, bro. He might be trying to get us cancelled, man. <laughs> <laughs> bro, hey, we would have been cancelled a long time ago, man. Hey. is <laughs> Don't worry. At the end of 2023, bro, we're gonna have an award show, bro. We're gonna say, we're gonna start. <laughs> we need to pick apart some of the things that we said. F hey. F is gonna be up there for a few of them. And oh, this this R9 Hulk shout might be there as well, bro. <laughs> I'm watching it right now. I've got a 30 minute video loaded. Hey, send it, send it, send it. Bro, it to man. see it too, man. I'm analyzing every second. I better see 17 flip flaps. <laughs> hey, he's, he's got the the, the Jogobinio package, man. Don't worry, man. You'll you'll see it. Well, every time you type in Hulk, all you see is shot power, man. I'm trying to see some skills, bro. Man. That's what I was thinking. So I thought, <laughs> do you know what? Yeah, it's so funny because I thought Omar must have been confusing Adriano and R9 for a second. I was like, <laughs> nah, what? Nah. I mean, Adriano, you could have that as a shot, but even Adriano didn't have that Jogobinio package. Mm. Someone, someone, someone promised me flip flaps, bro. If I watch this video yeah, and I don't <laughs> see flip flaps, bro, I'm gonna be so upset. <laughs> I'm ready okay. to dissect every second. Okay, but wait, did, at Porto, did Hulk exclusively play on the wing? Considering Falcao was there, uh, he actually played the majority of the time as a right wing, but he was on paper was right wing, but he was also playing as a striker as well, pretty much. Hey, hey, I'm 30 seconds in. One of the clips is him just putting his nyash into someone and and, <laughs> and moving. <laughs> <laughs> right, this Hey, Omar. Mm. Okay, to be fair, followed by a Rabona assist. Let me not be disingenuous. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> okay, but I like that you, you made sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm still not seeing it, bro. Like I'm watching. You can't it here. see. You can't see a a, a, no, a Jogo Benito package. I'm seeing Jogo Benito package here, but I'm not seeing R9's package, bro. This is like the dribbling of, of Hulk, the the it step overs. You don't see that. No. You know is. I'm I, you, seeing... I, you might be watching like an Avengers clip of Green Hulk. I'm talking about <laughs> nah, Porto Hulk, man. I'm watching Porto Hulk here. Yeah. I swear, I just see a myriad of Brazilians, bro. But R9's not the one I would have went with, like watching this, because he's got like R9 shot power. He's got like he's got Robinho stepovers. He's no, got but uh, R9's got Rob- R9 was no, doing stepovers but, before Robinho. Uh, yeah, but R9 wasn't doing seven stepovers in a row for no reason, bro. He just did seven stepovers. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, nah, man. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, do you know what else we're going to do, yeah, for all you listeners? Karel's going to send in um, the clip of the, the comp of Hulk that he's watching, and we're going to post it as well, post a link to it. And you can That's all let fine. us know at the end whether you, you don't, agree or you disagree. Don't need, you don't need to remember. I'm saying as a profile, not I'm not I'm not talking about like oh well R9 did it in uh, Inter Milan in the UEFA Cup final, or no. whatever. I'm talking about as a profile, like when you look no, at no, the, 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 the 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 composite of a striker, you're yeah. dribbling, you're shooting, you're um, 
everything your Jogger Benito package, everything. I, I like you look at that them Hulk kits, for example. I would align that more to R nine than I would Mbappe to R nine, for example. Do you know what I'm seeing though? And I, I, and this is actually a huge compliment to him. I'm seeing a very unique player. Yeah. Because you're also, like, I'm sure. trying to see the R9, right? But I'm actually just seeing, like, because he was, like, physically mad, like, and with, even further more so than, like, R9 was in terms of his strength and stuff. Like, and then his agility, he's very different with it. Yeah, he was, like I said, he was complete in the sense that he could... Um, score like he had a good range of finishing he was strong he had good dribbling and anyone with dribbling like when you say pace and power when you have literally pace and power mm-hmm. as well as like your technical ability that's so dangerous as, but a, I tell as you an what, attacker though, i'm watching these clips as well the ones where he's like definitively out wide i'm seeing mbappe you know i'm actually seeing mbappe like even the way the exit in certain situations like i'm seeing Okay, he's just gone around the keeper. Now he's R9. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know what, yeah? All right, if we ever start a Twitch, yeah, for Baller's Corner, bro, we need to do reaction videos to, like, highlights, bro. <laughs> I swear to God. A hundred percent. Yo, this is great. This is great viewing. Nah, but he was cold. He was cold. That portal team, man. Now that I think about it, if you think of names alone, that should they should went far in the Champions League at some point, but yeah. they didn't stay together long enough. That's that's the unfortunate thing about Portuguese clubs is, like, you can't get as a follower, you can't get attached to players because we understand we are stepping stone clubs that these clubs are using these players to make money that they will be mm. sold on to your bigger clubs or whatever. Someone like Hulk, unfortunately, chose the money. He went to Zenit, and then you know. He was more focused on the money, which is up to him. He wants to help his family. That's fine. Others, we know, most likely will be, you know, going off to like a top five league. Like your, mm-hmm. I mean, we could, if you just talk about Porto strikers, you could talk about Benny McCarthy, Lisandro Lopez, Falcao, Jackson Martinez, Hulk. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. But you know, he's not in the like prem. Madrid for serious strikers. Yeah, bro. we were. <laughs> I can't lie, yeah. This Hulk in the Prem, if you'd come Chelsea that time, oh, would have been problems for everyone. Still, yeah. I was advocating so much. Like, I was so gutted that he didn't live up to what he was meant to be, man. Genuinely. Like, especially like when you talk about pace and power, or even like the French League, Hulk would have suited to a T that, that league, even a Premier League. Mm-mm. I wish, I wish he took it more seriously, man. Because that, that Europa League team in 2010-11, yeah, was crazy. Hammers, Falcao, Hulk, Moutinho, like, the team was crazy. Nah, I just, I saw it, I just saw him make Axel Witzel eat grass. Bloody huh. hell, man. Whoa. Telling you, his, when, when people talk about pace and power, to have at an elite level, that characteristics is so scary. Yeah, it's a shame that he won't be rem- remembered. Um, like he just won't be remembered for the most yeah. part, just because of his career trajectory, like in terms of the clubs he chose. But he went down the sort of Oscar route where he just—I mean, Oscar did come to Chelsea, but as in, like, he wanted to feed his family first. Do you know what I'm yeah. trying to say? Yeah. Which is up to him. It's fair enough, man. You know. Yeah, uh, uh, it is what it is at the end of the day. 
You know what I'm saying? I always say medals, medals can't pay your mortgage, medals can't um, feed your family, bro. So go get that bread. Damn, yeah, that's man. almost as profound as progression in football is not linear, fam. Mm, mm, mm. You see, we are coined good terms, you know, between all hey, the jobs. Hey, you do still. Yeah, trademark hard. some of these, bro. Nah, one day, man, one day. One day, but yeah, I'm gonna post. I'm gonna send the comp here yeah, because it's at. Hey, I just watched seven minutes of Bliss. That is a good footballer right there. <laughs> no little baby playing in the background as well. You know when you watch comps <laughs> uh, baby in the background. What, they got the FIFA type of music here. Yeah? No, there was I, no the, little baby. Was, I like I like the you know the Brazilian music. When you hear that in the background, Sam, you know this is gonna be a good comp, man. It's mm. gonna be a good comp, bro. Wait, wait, bro. These guys. I'm hearing I'm hearing Gunner and Travis Scott on comps, bro. I say this is not good footballer you're about to show me, bro. Yeah, you're just showing me big moments. <laughs> the music adds you'll start thinking you're seeing like some generational player fam. Yeah, you're too busy singing. You're not even you're yeah, not even literally listening. just nodding your head. You blink and you've missed five seconds where they've just done something dumb. Hey, but yeah, I, I mean, I nearly even forgot to say progression in football is not linear. I think I'm, I'm just still, I'm excited to watch this comp now. Just hey, listen, as long as you see. can see where I'm coming from in terms of profile, yeah, in man. terms of similarity to R9, sure. my, my job is done. Uh, I don't, I, after watching it, I, I, I still disagree but I know, I know you can I see, see a, a bit more. Though. I know you can see it a bit more, though. A little. I bit see more. a different vision. I saw a different vision for him, bro. <laughs> I think maybe he, he could have been arguing with some Brazilians up there in Europe, bro. He could have been arguing, but God, he chose money, man. But fair enough, man. Can't argue that either. Yeah, as I as I said, thank you, listeners, and just remember progression in football. Is not not linear. How did I nearly mess that up, fam? Thanks for jumping on, lads. Love. Um. Yo, free up the gang. They're innocent. Soon home, that's imminent. I'm a niggas don't play no games like they pull their ligaments. I wanna wreck for the beat, I just made that's a minimum. You know the source is different. I wanna wreck for the beat, I just made that's a minimum. You know the source is different. Fake you, get rid of them. Fake you, get rid. Fake you get rid of them. Fake you get rid. Fake you get rid of them. Fake you get rid.